Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, unlike, say, in baseball, where there has been a lot of animosity between the players and, and the league in recent years, and particularly between the commissioner, Rob Manfred, and the players, um, the working relationship between the players and the league is as good as it's ever been. And both sides were kind of continually working towards trying to get this thing done. And as we see today, they were able to come to an agreement that, you know, really covers all the bases that they need to and has us, you know, getting back on the court here in about five weeks. Oh, what a shocking concept. Yeah. The NBA and the Players Association coming to a compromise to the uh, 2020-21 season. Major League Baseball. Take a couple of notes. Before we dive into today's episode of Mackie and Judd, Jay Will, our friend Jay Williams from ESPN, will join us. Uh, Roycey, Randy from Cottage Grove, Zach Harper from The Athletic is set to join us as well for some Wolves speculation. A quick shout out to Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. 1904 is when they were founded in Owatonna, Minnesota. And you can, if you're a business owner, get trusted resources. You can get uh, pandemic plans because this thing still isn't going away. And you can find out all kinds of resources and people to connect with at federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. 72 games means 10 less games, 10 less game checks, um, five less home games for each of these teams. And this season will not duplicate it because they're going to be doing it on a tightened schedule. So it's actually going to feel like busier than a regular 82-game schedule. And, and with the players and owners trying to make up lost money from last season and then this season in the future, I just don't see any reduction in games anytime in the near future. I suppose the asterisk on that could be if there's some sort of mid-season tournament or play-in tournament that becomes part of the schedule that alters the regular season, I guess you could bring it down, but I don't think we're going to see a reduction short-term. Well, that's our guy, Wendy, our friend from ESPN, talking about the news that broke last night. Welcome to Mackie and Judd. By the way, uh, the NBA announced a modified CBA, an agreement and compromise. Keyword there, Major League Baseball. If you're listening, compromise with the players. Uh, what a concept. And these things are uh, true now. The season will start in December, December 22nd. Free agency opens up on November 20th, two days after the NBA draft. And the salary cap will basically stay flat at $109 million. It was going to go up probably to 115 or something. Um, it's going to stay flat at 109. Luxury tax, I don't have in front of me, like 130 million or something. The Wolves technically have 19 million in cap space, but that doesn't count draft picks and restricted free agents like Malik Beasley and uh, Beasley and development guys like Nas Reed. So, anyways, 
The Timberwolves have the number one pick. The Timberwolves are at the center of all kinds of trade speculation. And so we thought it'd be fun to bring our guy Zach Harper from The Athletic into the mix here. Zach, uh, you have covered in your past some dark eras of Timberwolves basketball. (laughs) Your time at A Wolf Among Wolves and with us at 1500 ESPN back in the day. Um, How ready are you now for a a weirdly placed month of action uh, centered largely around the Timberwolves in some ways? Yeah, I think you could just say I covered the Timberwolves post Kevin Garnett, yeah. and that covered the dark times, right? Like that's uh, that's what covers that. Um, yeah, the Timberwolves. It's funny because these this is like the one draft where getting the number one pick is actually kind of a pain, right? Like normally it's like, oh, we got the number one pick, this is great, and this time it's kind of like, oh, come on, like let's hope somebody wants to trade up, right? Like you hope that Charlotte falls in love with James Wiseman and they're willing to essentially do the swap that that Philly and Boston did a, a couple of years ago with the Markel Fultz trade, right? Like here's the third pick, here's a future number one pick, um, and, and we'll make the swap and then you move down and then maybe you feel better about taking someone that you that you really value there um, instead of trying to figure out who has the most value at the number one pick. And so I know the Timberwolves would love to trade out of there. If they could get a trade of, of good value for that number one pick, but you also don't want to undersell that. But there's just there's no obvious top guy other than maybe James Wiseman. And, ooh, he kind of plays the same position as your best player. So, Zach, is this a draft bad, or is there just no clear-cut superstar? It's actually a really good draft. People are saying that this is a bad draft. It's just a bad superstar draft. But, um, I mean, I, you know, Anthony Edwards might be really good. James Wiseman might be really good. LaMelo Ball might end up being really good. But there are so many wing players. There's so many good uh, backcourt players. There are a couple of very intriguing big men in this draft. Um, but this league is predicated on on wings now, right? Like, you look at, at any of these successful teams – they're really good because they have a star, and then they have all these interchangeable wing players behind them. Look at what Miami did. They've got a, like six or seven guys who are like 6'8", six, 6'7", six, 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 who can play three, four positions. And so you can go out there with any combination. So you can replenish on wings in this draft. It's just if you're the, if you're the team with the number one pick – you can't take those guys with the pick because none of those guys exist as the top player. See, I, this is where it's it's like the Timberwolves should just take the number one pick and be happy that they have this sort of leverage and you know, they, you know they've got an asset they can work with here. But but they're also still at a point in their organization where they're trying to figure out who they are. Like they just turned over almost the entire roster last year. Right. I don't know if they know what Carl Anthony Towns is supposed to be in three or five years. Um, I mean, obviously they're taking a flyer on D'Angelo Russell as a guy with potential superstar upside, but they're still trying to figure out what those two guys are together. And they're trying to figure out, is it best to add uh, a, a 19-year-old kid coming out of, you know, one year out of high school, or is it best to trade that asset for an established player? So I guess my question to you, Zach, is how do you personally feel about the current Timberwolves infrastructure and framework from Gerson to Ryan to, to Kat to D'Lo and, and that as a jumping off point for their decisions here. I love Gerson. I, I think he's extremely smart. I think if he's allowed to do what he's supposed to do, you have to think like he's taking over a team that, yeah, had a number one guy, right? Like Carl, Carl's a, a, a number one player. Like you'd like him to be a better number one player by playing defense, but a guy that talented, like that's, that's really hard to get. So you figured out that hurdle on top of that. You have a lot of flexibility. You just don't have a ton of assets. You don't have a, a ton of like really great trade pieces. And so when they get D'Angelo Russell, okay, you get another all-star guard. Like D'Angelo Russell's really good. The problem is none of those guys play defense, right? And so I think if you allow Gerson to 
execute this plan, this plan probably takes like three or four years, which doesn't like that's that that's the problem, right? Is you're trying to you're trying to fix thirty years of crap in a year. That doesn't happen. Like that just doesn't happen in the NBA. You have to have these pieces. I think the best way to maybe look at like the like the biggest pie in the sky, right? The Golden State Warriors were crap for about 25 years, and they had good young pieces. They had Steph Curry. Uh, Monte Ellis wasn't that young anymore, but he was at least productive. You know, they had, um, you know, they just drafted Clay Thompson. Like, they had good pieces, and then they got a new ownership group, and then all of a sudden they started doing things the right way, and now they're the, the standard, right, even though they kind of fell off last year. Um, that's the ideal for when a new owner takes over is that that happens. It's just that's, that takes some time to do. In your perfect world, if you ran the Wolves, Zach, what would you do? What what would be your moves as far as the draft goes and, and also possibly um, beyond that roster construction? I mean, I would definitely just try to get interchangeable, right? Like, I think that's the that's what you need to do. You need to get you need to recognize this is the league of wings. Like, great if you have a point guard, great if you have a big man. Everyone else needs to be interchangeable, 6'8", you know, can hopefully shoot a three and play some defense, especially around those two guys uh, with Cat and D'Lo. Um, I would take James Wiseman with the number one pick. I think he's the best player. I know that he's the same position as Carl, but they're actually both very versatile in the way that they play. Now, you don't know if either of them are going to end up being defenders, but James Wiseman is so big. He's so athletic. He has a lot of skill. He can shoot the ball. Um, he just didn't get a chance to show it in college because he only played a couple of games. And when he was in high school, he was playing with a bunch of guys who wouldn't give him the ball. That's the crazy thing. He's like, he wouldn't get the ball in high school. And it reminds me a little bit of, of Carl at Kentucky where they wouldn't let him shoot jumpers, right? John Calipari wouldn't let him shoot jumpers because he says, you got to show you can score on the block. He wouldn't let Devin Booker run pick and rolls because like, now you're just a shooter. That's what you're going to do. James Wiseman can do a lot. And I would take him and at least you have two extremely talented big men. Both of them are valuable trade chips. And you can fill in around there and say, hey, maybe we'll just play zone all the time. Maybe we'll own the boards. Yeah, maybe we're not going to be able to defend all that well, but good luck defending us. And at a certain point, you need an identity. And their identity right now may just be we score 135 points a night and hopefully only give up 130. Yeah. I mean, it, if they trade, it kind of feels like I'm, I'm sure they've kicked the tires on Ben Simmons. I'm I'm. I would hope that they would have called Washington about, uh, I mean, somebody needs to free Bradley Beal at some point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like 28 or something now. Like, he needs to play for a, a higher upside team. So my guess is they probably shot those shots behind the scenes. Are there any other intriguing, like, swap a first-round pick with the Knicks or with Atlanta? John Collins' name has come up. Are there any other trades where you might trade out of the first, not for a superstar, but for, like, you know, a later top 10 pick and uh, and a good complimentary piece that intrigue you? I mean, someone who's gettable and actually you could trade, I think that I think they have their first round pick is, is Indiana. If they don't have it this year, you can maybe get next year's. But um, I would try to trade for Victor Oladipo. Like, I, like, he's not fully healthy. He still has to prove that he's healthy. But if the medicals on him are okay, he's in the last year of his contract. So you worry that's a rental. But if you can get him to lock in long term, you give him a max deal. He does really want to go to Miami, um, so that's a problem. But if you can get Victor Oladipo, now you have a guy who can complement both those guys. He's a good defender. He can set a tone that way. Um, problem is he's just rarely healthy. But if you're looking to like move that pick um, for a veteran, Oladipo is available. I just think that the Ben Simmons thing's not going to get done unless you, you're giving up D'Angelo Russell. And I don't know that that's a good deal. Even though Ben Simmons is a better player, I don't know that that's a good fit. 
Um, and then outside of that, you know, Beal is going to take a lot more than they can offer up, especially since that first round pick is probably going to Golden State. Well, actually, I don't know about probably. The Wolves are going to be the worst team in the West this year, and that's going to frustrate a lot of Wolves fans, but the West is just that good. And so maybe you, you land in the top three with that pick and you get to keep it, and that's the, that's the draft you want to keep it. But, yeah, it's, you have the potential to move some assets and get some veterans. It's just everyone's a little gun-shy with that right now. Oh, good, a bad Wolves team. Um, <laughs> off your point, though, so, so is the smart move to try and make moves to attempt to win as, as soon as possible or to what you just said, which is if you're Gerson, say, you know what? We're bad, but we've been bad for a long time. And so I am going to construct this thing so we potentially actually have a chance to pop and pop for a significant amount of time uh, in three years. Yeah, I mean, here's you're not going to win now. There's no move they could make to sure. be a good team now, right? Like, those guys aren't available. And so even if they got Bradley Beal, they'd be good, but you couldn't guarantee that they were going to make the playoffs. Uh, that's just how good the Western Conference is. And so I would plan everything for – for two years from now, like we need to be good, not next season, not the season after that, but that third season coming up, we need to not be good, just good, but like ready to become a top four team, right? And you're just building slowly and slowly. I know Timberwolves fans do not want to hear that. You've been building slowly for three decades, but <laughs> that like that's really you're the right. lay of the yeah, that's really the lay of the land in the Western Conference. Um, the problem is you get a little bit of a ticking time bomb with Delo's contract and Carl's contract. Um, but I, I do think you have the opportunity to really pounce at that moment. And, you know, the Lakers should be lessened by then because all they'll have is Anthony Davis. Um, and we've seen what that looks like. It looks like the Pelicans when LeBron's not, not involved, right? Like you'll, you'll see the Clippers may not be together at that point. Like you, you will have teams coming down. The Warriors won't be as good at that point as they're coming down. And I just think that you have to recognize we can try to win now and then not do it and then frustrate everybody, or we can stick to our plan build properly and and try to be not just good but a powerhouse when that when that corner turns do you think there's any other just away from the Timberwolves for a second with how rushed this offseason is going to be and just the weird timing of it um is this going to be a more mellow free agency and trade period or do you think we're going to see some 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 fireworks of some kind like what's the most like reckless thing that happens on November 20th Ooh. Um, free agency is going to be very mild because there aren't very many good free agents, right? Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis resigns. And then after that, it's like, Ooh, do we want Montrez Harold? Trust me. You don't. Mm -hmm. Um, he's not that good. Uh, and so, and so after that, you know, unless you're really after Fred Van Vliet, um, I think trades are going to be crazy. Like free agency won't be, but I think trades, uh, the luxury tax not going up, um, that, that threshold not going up hurts teams a little bit. They were expecting it, but I believe the league is also lessening that tax bill. So maybe they'll feel better about making some moves. Uh, but it, it's hard to add money to a team when there's no cap room. It's easy to move money around, and that's what trades are. Trades are just moving money around. So I think Chris Paul gets dealt. I think Russell Westbrook might get dealt. I think Drew Holiday might get dealt. That's actually the move. If the Wolves want to make a really good move, I would try to trade for Drew Holiday. Oh. You Drew Holiday want reckless Holiday. speculation? You know this ain't gonna happen. How about yeah. reckless trade speculation? For the love of God! There it is. Um, you want? I think you want Drew Holiday. You can play him next to D'Angelo Russell. He's actually more comfortable off the ball than he is as a point guard. Um, he is a great defender. He is a real leader on and off the court. He's a guy that everyone respects. Like when he what when he didn't make the All Defensive Team. Every every player around the league was like, "Are you kidding me? Like how? Like and granted, 
I screwed up by not putting him on my all defensive team. Like, and I, he was the last one I left off, but every player around the league was like, have you seen this guy? Just because they're bad defensively doesn't mean he's not deserving. Like he is a great, great role model for everyone. He could bring those guys up to speed. So what, what, yeah. what's the trade then? What would it take? Yeah, come on. Go <laughs> so all the probably, way with this reckless speculation. Not so halfway. It, it's going to take um, it's going to take a draft pick, right? Probably this number one. Here's what I think. I think if the Wolves trade down in the draft, because I wouldn't trade the number one for him, but if they trade down, you could trade that pick. Um, you could trade James Johnson uh, in his expiring deal because you're, you're assuming he's picking up the player option. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe like a – a Josh Akogi or, or a Jarrett Culver, right? Which sounds like a lot, uh, especially because it could be a one-year rental for for Drew after the season. But, um, but man, I'm telling you, he's worth it. He's that good. Yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. That was good that's reckless up, speculation. That was yeah. awesome. Zach Harper. I guarantee it's going to happen. Oh, wait, no, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Now you've gone way too far. That's our friend Dude. Zach Harper bringing some reckless speculation to the table. Um, we appreciate you joining us, man. This is good. it's such a weird because the NFL is going to be in full swing and college football yeah. still. So the, we'll see if the NBA can. the The NBA has a, a perfect island in July to do all of this in normal years and to have it be the headline for like three weeks. And so I don't know how much it's going to get drowned out with no top name free agents, but we'll see how it goes. I, I just know some big trade is going to happen on Thanksgiving, and I'm after work when I'm half drunk and way too full. I just know that's going to happen. You're going to be Boy, taking yeah. a nap. Yeah. It's gonna, wake up. Chris Paul got traded. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach. Thanks for joining, man. We appreciate thanks, it. Guys. Yeah. Appreciate All right, it. That's Zach Harper from The Athletic, and uh, and and he, he got his start at A Wolf Among Wolves uh, as a Timberwolves blogger about 10 years ago. So good stuff. Hey, uh, before because uh, Jay Will is expected to join us too. So let's let's keep it here and just sort of, sort of piggyback off this. I love that, like all the things that he brought up. Let's start with the James Wiseman thing, all right? And none of us are sitting here having like watched all the film or anything, but just the concept of the. It's possible that the best player for the Wolves to draft, according to Zach Harper and other smart people, sure. is a guy that doesn't necessarily fit perfectly with the roster in that. He is a five. Carl Anthony Towns in the modern NBA is a five. Yep. And that is it is it a situation where they don't really mesh very well together on the court? Can the Wolves get creative? And I think my question is, are the Wolves in a spot where they should be looking to put the perfect pieces around Cat and D'Angelo Russell, even if it's not the best available player? Mm-hmm. Or should they just be in the business of drafting the best available player and then if they have to trade somebody later on, figure it out? I tend to go with the with the latter. I th- I think, or is it the former? The second one. I tend ladder. to go with the second one, the latter. The latter. That they you should just take the best asset available and then figure it out down the road if needed. Sure. Now, Dukes has said a couple times on the scoop uh, with us that the Wiseman camp doesn't want their, their client here, which could be a problem there. Yep. But, I mean, this sport, to be clear, um, and, and I, I get that you do not want guys with completely redundant skill sets, but this sport has become more and more positionless, correct? Yeah, and that's, so, what, that's what Zach was saying. Just inter, you want So, like, the whole guys. thing of that's my point guard, that's my two guard, that's my – is a little bit more that's my quarterback. flexible now. <laughs> my quarterback, that's, my, that's James Wiseman. But I do think that if the Wiseman camp doesn't want to be here and that's going to become an issue, that that probably could be a problem. Yeah, but here's the other thing. How many people are really dying to be here? And it's not a knock on Gerson or Ryan. I guess there's a difference between it's, if you actively tell me that you don't want to play here or or possibly won't as opposed to, well, I'll play there. Some of that, too, I hear you. Some of that, too, is eradicated 
when you give them more money than they would get because they're the number one overall pick, right? You know, it's like, do you want do you want more money? You want to be the number one sure, pick? Sure, yeah, that's true. And then if you're, you know, Ryan Saunders and Gerson Rosas, those guys can get in a room. It's not like David Kahn walking in a room and trying to convince somebody and he's just a, a weirdo. I think you've got people that are smart, people that come from credible backgrounds in this case. It's not like Glenn Taylor is going to be sitting down with James Wiseman saying, all right, I need you to look me in the eye and promise me things before I give you, like you know, the number one pick like a in a Chris van Marley. down by the river. Um, I, you got lazy on the basketball court. I would, I would just say if James Wiseman and his camp are saying, listen, guys, uh, we'd really rather be anywhere else. I actually wouldn't let that deter me because I think you can change some of that once you get him in the door. Because the perception yeah, is going to be the same for possible. a lot of people. Like, if you were to pull all these players, hey, ball family, where do you want to send your kid? Where does Minnesota rank? It ain't going to be top five. <laughs> I do think the, the fact that, as Zach said, though, that this draft does not have a clear-cut top pick, but it's a deep, pretty good draft, does bode well for if you do trade back, let's say, to three. Mm-hmm. Be, because there, there's a big, there is a big difference between no clear-cut superstar and bad draft. That is correct. And his point is, this is not a bad draft. It's just not one with a guy who you say is a generational player who you have to take one. Yeah. You, now, some people are saying that James Wiseman might actually turn into that type of a guy. That he he might be if if you know if he develops a shot and and whatnot. I mean, the guy is uh, the guy is one of the best in terms of just inside scores and defensive shot blocker types. Like if he can add a shot to that skill set, sure. now all of a sudden we're talking about a guy that could maybe carry a franchise. And so that's the if for the Wolves and you look at James Wiseman and say, man. We could teach that guy to shoot threes, and he would be blocking five shots a game, and he'd be scoring in the paint. Like that's a better player than Towns if you can teach him how to shoot. But we'll see. I think the most important thing is whoever eventually buys this team from Glenn, as part of the agreement, gets this franchise transferred not out of town to the <laughs> Eastern Conference. Chicago and Milwaukee are your rivals, okay? <laughs> and you're out of the Western Conference. How long have we been politicking to get out of the Western Conference? Yeah. Do, okay, do you buy what Zach said, which is they could be that, the worst team. that they could be the worst team in the Western Conference again? I don't know enough about the bottom to to say I buy it completely, but does it surprise me he said that? Not really. I mean, listen, the, the West, obviously. I mean, can't they be second to last, though? Well, what's the difference at that point? <laughs> no, I'm well, just being a smart. I'm being a smart ass. <laughs> yeah, so just to, just to give Third you sort of a lay of the landscape. So, you know, obviously there's the eight playoff teams. Are any of those teams looking to take a nosedive? Houston could. If if Houston trades Russell Westbrook, yep. they just went through a major shakeup. Obviously, uh, uh Daryl Morey is gone as the GM. So, I could see Houston taking a, a bath. But are they going to take like a 20-game swing downward if James Harden is still their if best James player? If James Harden gets hurt, yes. If he doesn't, probably not. Oklahoma City um, looks like they could take a step back, especially if they make some trades. Utah's not going anywhere. Dallas is on the rise. Yep. I don't think Portland's necessarily going to like take a nosedive. Um, and then you look at some of the other teams, like Memphis has, you know, Memphis has some great young talent. Phoenix has great young talent. San Antonio is at least put together enough to not be terrible. 
Sacramento has great young talent. The Pelicans have great young talent. So, so your point is Zach's exactly. So what he's saying is <laughs> yeah. Zach Harper's exactly right. And actually, there were only two teams that didn't win 30 games or more in the West last year. The Timberwolves and the Warriors, which get all of their Hall of Famers back. All right, how, that's my point. How about getting this franchise to the East stat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, here's the other way to look at it, too. If... You know, obviously the Wolves aren't built out like some of these other teams, but they do have their two young star players. They do have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. So if even without like a great rest of the roster, if they finish with 20 wins again with those two guys, do you start to question those two guys? I do. It just hit me. It just, The plan just hit me. Oh. Expansion candidates are easy. Las Vegas and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Well... Those are not Eastern Conference teams, gents. Last time I looked, they are way west. Oh, so they're going to have you're going to have to move a team. That means you've got to move a team. That means someone's got to get out. So let's say because uh, the because Memphis seems to be the team that's most likely to move to either Las Vegas or Seattle. So if Memphis or moves, expansion, if Memphis move, well, this league is going to need an influx of cash. So could, yeah. here's what could happen: you could expand by two teams. Yeah. Okay. You move Memphis. Actually, the Wolves could be moved to one I, of these markets. Really okay, that's I'm going. I'm guarding against that because you are not wrong. Let's say Memphis moves to Seattle. Okay, and Vegas is an expansion team. Okay, so you expand by one. Actually, they would probably expand by two. And if they do that, you're right. They would have to move a team to the or two. Eastern Conference. And I'm just saying that the Wolves would fit in perfectly in a division with the Chicago Bulls and Milwaukee Bucks. Memphis would be the other team if they kept their franchise that would probably be a candidate to move to the Eastern Conference, right? Isn't Memphis an yes. Eastern time zone? Yes. They would be a candidate. But but I I think the, the loss of of cash during the pandemic is going to make this league look long and hard at straight expansion mm-hmm. for big paydays and v- Vegas and Seattle make perfect sense and if you could get an influx of cash from people moving or or or, or putting expansion teams in those towns, it makes perfect sense. I like it. Uh, yeah, because the Eastern Conference last year had all of the tanking teams. So while the Western Conference only had two teams that didn't win 30, and one of them is a dynasty that still hasn't uh, breathed its last breath, Yes, the Eastern Conference had seven teams that fell below the 30-win mark, um, and then even a couple playoff teams that were well below 500. But that's the way the Eastern Conference has always been. Anyways, I would say the only thing I would say is, if you're going to draft at number one, draft the best possible asset. Don't worry about fit yet. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to uh, if you're going to trade, I don't think you should be trade. Like I love the Drew Holiday idea, but I think you should be trading for like a four year window. I don't think you should be trading for like a jolt this season, sure, because you're just going to run into a brick wall in the Western Conference, sure. So. Uh, quick pause, and then more Mackie and Judd. Well, we've we've had a lot of success running the football. I think that's got a lot to do with the. T- I think the tight ends have blocked well. Obviously, Dalvin's played really well, and uh, um, Alexander Madison, uh, you know, CJ Ham has done a nice job blocking. And you know, for the most part, we're getting on the right guys and and uh, creating some space uh, for those guys. And Kirk's doing a good job getting us in the right play. Football. You, you just a little laughing at Mike praising Kirk. Did you really say that last part? Yeah, and uh, Kirk's playing well. <laughs> no, he, no, he said he's doing a good job doing getting good us job. in the last play. 
Did he basically just say Kirk <laughs> Cousins is doing a good job of calling the plays in the huddle? Yes. Is that what that compliment was? As Childress said, he's he's spitting it out in the huddle really well. That was the old Childress thing. Uh, he's uh, spit it out in the. Uh, Do you remember that? As far as just be able to spit it out in the huddle, there's a lot of dialogue. So much dialogue. Yeah, you only have forty. Seconds I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail the whole thing and laugh. No, you did not. Is that last, that last quote was just so good. It's actually a, you're, you're laughing and your absolute dismissal and your condescension of Kirk Cousins <laughs> is a good segue here into. So we uh, every Tuesday on Purple Daily we do a deep dive our nerd football segment of the week and we do a ton of different we throw out different nuggets and stats and we react to them. And so Cheap Plug, you can find that episode today on Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and uh, and one of our two YouTube channels, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Courtney Cronin joined us. Here's one that uh, we left on the cutting room floor. This did this did not make the segment today for time constraints. Okay. Kirk Cousins leads the NFL among quarterbacks in yards per attempt. Oh, just a tick under nine yards per attempt, which is a full yard better than last year for him. Interesting. And two full yards better than 2018. He also, by extension, leads the NFL in yards per completion with 13 and a half yards every time a completed pass takes place. So what are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? I know that he he has 10 interceptions, which ties his Vikings high halfway through the season. And he has been schemed into training wheels the last couple of weeks. But when he does throw, he is averaging more yards per attempt than any quarterback in the NFL. I'd like to use a word to describe how I feel about the Vikings offense 2020 right now. And I feel that I could put this in a phrase that will be accurate to describe it. This has become, to me, personally, the season of conflict. And by (laughs) that, I mean this. If Kirk is used properly, as Mike just said, he's doing a good job of doing things, okay? He's pretty good. He's not bad. Like he is not a train wreck. He is not he is not um a terrible quarterback by any means. In fact, I think he's good. Where the conflict comes is on things like paydays. And if we're talking about Dalvin Cook, another marvelous player. It's usage. So I'm very conflicted because in some ways on the surface I look and say, oh, this is working out really well now. Last two games have been great. And and it, it has not been a disaster um, for the entire year. Now, there have been bad games. But when you peel back things a little bit deeper and look at things like contracts and paydays, right, and usage of certain people, it does become a little bit more of, of a conflict in if it's the right move for right now. Mm-hmm. But But just if you take things on the surface – if Kirk is asked to utilize a certain skill set, I have a certain skill set. Certain set a particular set, set of, of skills, skills. at quarter, at quarterback. I I will find you, but not too deep. And I will throw it to I will find you on a crossing pattern and you will catch that pattern, but more often I'm gonna hand off to Dalvin Cook. Um it's it, conflict. I'm conflicted. Be, be, because because the one thing that I want to make clear on this show, in fact, I think we can hammer this point home. Is none of us look at like Kirk and say, well, he's terrible. We're always just hoping for more. But the reality is he's like the kid that, that's got a ceiling. And if you take him past that ceiling, he's not going to succeed. But if you take him up to it, he yeah. can be successful, Phil. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you here, okay? I'm going to – so you're conflicted. I'm going to help you become unconflicted, Thank okay? You. Because I don't think there's much – really, I don't think it's very complicated to evaluate what's happening. Kirk Cousins is leading the NFL in yards per attempt 
because Dalvin Cook is having the best season of any running back in really in Vikings history, not named Adrian Peterson 2012. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, what, what Dalvin Cook is doing this season is is tormenting defenses so much, it allows Kirk Cousins to be so effective on play action. And the numbers bear that out, and, and we'll actually do a deep dive into that in our State of Kirk Cousins address on Purple Daily tomorrow. But Kirk Cousins has been one of the best play action quarterbacks in the NFL this season and the last couple of years in large part because he's comfortable doing that and faking the handoff and rolling out bootleg and, oh, there's a tight end. Oh, there's Adam Thielen. Like, it's, it's, it's all scheme. Yes. And I, and, I, and I don't mean to minimize, like, how important the quarterback is in the scheme because you still need somebody that can be accurate and get the ball out and find Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and all those things. When you flip it around and, hey, the Vikings are down by nine now and, Kirk, the, the defense ain't buying play action anymore. We're going to drop you back, shotgun, and it's on you. He's not good in those situations. Or at least he's not nearly as good in those situations. So, sure. so his play is being lifted up in large part because of Dalvin Cook, because of Gary Kubiak, and because this is the this is where I will give Kirk some credit. He is very good within the constraints and within the you know within the framework of a good running back, an offensive line playing well, and, a, and an offensive coordinator that puts him in good spots. Mm-hmm. If you had to do what the Chiefs have to do sometimes, which is, oh my God, we fell asleep in the first half and we're down by 17 in the third quarter or more, and now Pat Mahomes has to bail us out. That's not what he can do. So so good on Kirk for absolutely taking advantage of the circumstances around him these last few weeks offensively and for not shipwrecking it with more interceptions. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be tricked into this and think, oh my God, there's a hidden gem there that just needs to be unleashed. He's doing this because they have insulated him and put training wheels on him. My conflict lies here, though. He's a very effective quarterback at what he does if if there there was a middle salary class for quarterbacks. That's my conflict. That's that's my problem here because he does have – he's got a certain skill set that actually works pretty well, and yeah. some quarterbacks can't do that. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, his salary is – well above what the skill set is giving you. Yep, that's accurate. Actually, what what he kind of is, Ryan Tannehill had this huge jump last year and all these, and he led the NFL last year in yards per attempt. And people looked at that and said, whoa, okay, what's the deal there with Tannehill? Now, I think Tannehill, the current version of Tannehill, is better than than what Kirk Cousins can give. I think there's more clutch in Ryan Tannehill. I don't think Tannehill is a top-five quarterback. Sure. But it's kind of similar in that Tannehill gets to – a different organization. He's got a great running attack and Derrick Henry and a coach that is very clearly in Mike Vrabel thinking on level two, level three, level four. He's a chess player coach and they're maximizing Ryan Tannehill. I think the Vikings are starting to figure out how to maximize Kirk Cousins, but I also don't think, you know, when it gets down to it and a team decides we're going to take away Dalvin Cook and, uh, and it's a high pressure situation and playoff ramifications are here and Kirk, it's on you. I don't think that situation bodes well. And that situation will probably have to Monday night in Chicago. We're going to find it. out how how yep. it comes out. So, um, so that's the that's the Kirk Cousins nugget. He is leading the NFL in yards per attempt. Randy in Cottage Grove, welcome to the show, sir. Uh, who uh, who is it that you were uh, saying was a chess a chess level or a chess player? I think I think Mike Mike Vrabel in Tennessee is is playing chess with with a lot of the rest of the league. Well, Zim is Zim is playing uh, Zim. Shows up and just bangs on the chessboard and flips them all off. That's what he does. 
Probably yeah, true. Zim's, Zim's playing some chess. Probably true, yeah. Randy. Zim's playing some chess. Yeah, you, you know, everybody said, you know, be, be over this squad. They're look, looking pretty good to me. Yeah, it was impressive, huh? On Sunday, whoo! Was uh, was great. It was it was fantastic. But I'm I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm a little worried about uh, about Monday though. That based on some news. Uh, well, first of all, it's good good news for for a for a guy I really like and really have been rooted for. But as a Vikes fan, I you guys know you know I I I do bleed purple and. Uh, I do. I do care a lot about the squad, but I also, I also get a little bit of a, a rooting interest in some players over the years. And there's one guy who I've, I've kind of had my eye on for a while since the draft, and then when he when he went to the Broncos, and then they they cut him, and and then he, and he came over to us, or we scooped him actually, we scooped him, and then we made a big bozo mistake to get rid of him. And that's a that's a guy I'm talking about who could come back to haunt us, named Cal Slaughter. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, the, the the news that came out this morning, Kyle Sloter is a, is a Bears backup quarterback now as of this week. No, he's going to be. He might start. I mean, at this point, he is. He is. Uh, Kyle is. What I like about him is he's he's got he's got all the tools. He's he, uh, he is he's elite in the preseason, and the only reason that hasn't translated is he hasn't gotten his shot. And we're talking about a guy. Uh, a guy who you know uh, he he uh, he reminds me a little bit of old number four. He he kind of wow. does have that little bit of swagger that that little that that, that, that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna zip, zing it and zip it where I want to and uh, kind of reminds me of old Brett Favre I will say and uh, and and as I watched him you know of course when they used to let us go into practice I used to kind of watch him real closely real closely and. Uh, and, and and I've always kind of had my eye on him, and now he's of course went to the Lions. When did you go to practice, Randy? Excuse me. When, when were you allowed into practice? To the to the tra- uh, to the camp training. Camp. Okay, oh, yeah. they allow fans into there. Okay, I'm sorry. They yeah, that's true. They used to for Tim Walls, but but I'll but I'll <laughs> tell, I'll tell you what, uh, Kyle. The number one thing he's got that even Favre didn't have is he he's got the attitude of a survivor. And I know I say that as a survivor. I I, I know that it, when you when you've been knocked down a bunch of times by by something, you know whether it's teams cutting you or or in my case a, a sort of a medical situation that I survived. Uh, you, you, you get a little you get a little steely. You get you get a little crust on you, and you can start to kind of make. Uh, hey, re- make hey your, just, I, I, I I hear you on the on the underdog part, but uh, survivor, are you? Yeah, he's a survivor. He, he was cut by a lot of teams. A lot of, he's bounced all over the league, and I, I, it takes one to know one. But what do you? I mean, when I think of the word survivor, I mean, I think, I think of like terrible things that are Did about you to survive happen to people. Something and, we don't know about some I, malady. I had an issue. I, I feel like you knew about this, Jeff. I had an issue with. Uh, well, it's a condition called tinea cruris. Oh my God! Tinea cruris was an ordeal that I went through. Yeah, oh. no, you're you can you can call it what it is. Uh, it's called jock itch, and we do no. remember that. And That's you are not a survivor cream. for finding for finding yeah. a little bit of cream. Okay, like yeah. you can't put yourself no, in the category. Sorts, no, all sorts of no. I'm, Kyle and I can relate, and and I've been oh. through a lot, and 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 he's been through a lot, and. And that's a, it was shared camaraderie with that. You will know, play the do the stud music. I, I don't even want to listen. Did you to talk it. to hey, Kyle? A fungal infection. 
I, I, I tweet a lot, and Kyle's family sees my tweets. That's true, That's as nice. old man does, for sure. He does. He's a stud, too. Put on the music. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. This All right. is we'll get out okay. of the way, Randy. Sorry. This is uh, Randy in Cottage Grove, a survivor of Tinia Kuris. Tinia Kuris. This is his stud. That's my new band, by the way. Tinia Kuris, we're playing tonight somewhere. Outdoor I'm, show. This is a whole stable is going to change on the fly because you ruined it, both of you guys, all you guys. What? This is a stud stable going out to one guy. He was he he was overlooked in Denver. He's plucked off that squad by a really, really smart guy. Guy, a guy by the name of Rick Spielman, who then later blew it and cut, and cut his ass. And then he had a little cup of coffee in Detroit. They didn't get it either. He's he's got all the tools. He's got legs. He's got a cannon. He can really, really call out those plays at the line, too. He's got mm. the audible, like, old number four. Oh, yeah. And he did it in the preseason. And, Kyle, you are going to get your chance. It's finally time to shine. Now he's with the Bears. And I, it, it, this is a stable of one. And if to pump his ass up. Kyle, you're a pro. And Kyle Slaughter, you're a stud. Well, really? I had one more question at I, least there. I, you knew he was going to You had up. back-to-back wins. <laughs> Yesterday, on Sunday, you had a whole core of players that showed up to play. Linebackers. Eric Wilson. I was expecting an, an, a linebacker stud stable exclusively. And you're telling me, after back-to-back divisional wins, by the way, we're going with Kyle Slaughter again? Randy is extremely consistent. His love for Kyle and the Slaughter family is very deep. Always has been, too. Can't say I'm surprised by this, Phil. Are we are, are we to assume that he is rooting against the Vikings? Because he, what he's saying is he wants Kyle Slaughter to be the Bears' starting quarterback. That he's a stud. Yeah, he might start on. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I okay, think he, yes, I okay. think he's very much. If if Kyle plays, I think he's very much going to root against the Vikings on Monday night. Legitimate actual question for you guys here. Okay, not that not that Randy's questions uh, didn't warrant some legitimacy there too, but honest question. <laughs> Or a medical exam of some sort. If Kyle Sloter is able to digest the playbook in warp speed here, okay, who's the best option for the Bears at quarterback over the next month or so? Is it Mitch Trubisky? Is it Nick Foles? Or is it Kyle Sloter? I, I go with Nick Foles. I still think it's Foles. I give I give Kyle Sloter a shot in one of the games. Oh my god! In one of the games, can they bring back Jay Cutler? <laughs> still got an arm. Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton. Color's got the arms. I'm just saying. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as ludicrous to suggest that the Bears take okay a flyer in a game on Kyle Slaughter in the second half. Of the okay, season. what do okay. you think? Vikings fans were way too in on Slaughter and were way too mad, and 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 32 teams have passed on him multiple times. So like, I'm not saying that he's like he's this Brett Favre hidden gem, but you know what? The Bears have some quarterback problems. If you uh-huh. were to uh, establish odds right now, what should the odds be that Kyle Slaughter will start a game for the Bears before the season's done? I would say very, very high, especially if they fire a coach. If they fire a coach and the season's off the rails, let's say they lose to the Vikings. You just go, okay. And they lose, like, like, they've got two games against the Packers. When's their next game against the Vikings? It would be week 16. Don't they play back-to-back? Or no, week it'd be the week before. Because it's go, it, I think the Vikings go Bears, Saints, Lions, right? Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. I would say if you get to that portion of the schedule and the Bears are just still train wrecking. Mm-hmm. 
Why wouldn't you want to get a look? Why wouldn't you want to get a look? What if, what if he gets a look and plays well? What would go on in this town if Kyle <laughs> Slaughter? Do you know the the cult of slo- of Slaughterists? Oh, it's God. true. Who it's would true. come at us? Yeah, Slaughterfest. And say, it would be, and say, led, led by his father. Vikings are going to get slaughtered in that game. Oh, this, we can end this now, right now. So what was the deal with his dad? So his dad's just like his dad was like, at all the local beat yeah, writers. Yeah, I think stuff. he would call the Vikings and stuff. Yeah, he's nuts. Like, I think he's just one of these sports parents. But ordinarily, those sports parents sort of go away by the time I think the kid gets to either Division One college yeah, or certainly college. the pros. Or, or certainly Slaughter the pros. play college? That I don't I'll know. Look it up. I got it right here. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Like, there's no way he played at a big school with with his dad still. Yeah, he went to Southern Miss, so he's basically Brett Favre. Yeah, he went to say, he, oh, he played he played some tight end at Southern Miss too. I guess he is like six four. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, the other the other sports family member that reminds me of the the Slaughter family when I covered the Twins in the early 2010s, like 2011 or 12, mm-hmm. Cleet Thomas. Had an oh. uncle, oh nice. yeah, that was constantly on Twitter. Cleet oh Thomas. my god, Cleet Thomas had the weird eyes. Yes, he had like the crazy he would eyes. Look, he would look sure. at you like you're in big trouble. I'd be like, Hey, Cleet, what's up? Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't blinked in a decade. <laughs> that guy. But um, what's the deal? So I can't find. I can't. Why can't I find Kyle Slaughter college stats? Did he? What's the deal with him? Did he not? Know. Did he not play college football? And I, I, um, I don't know. We'll find it. There he goes. No, he he played he played college football, um, but but Cleet Thomas's dad, or I'm sorry, his uncle. After any game, like you'd write a game story, or you'd tweet some things. You know, and the, the Twins would lose like eight to two, and they would do nothing. But yep. Cleet Thomas went one for four with a single. Yeah, and his uncle every time would be like, "Why didn't you write about Cleet? Cleet, had a, Cleet oh, made no. a catch in center field. Oh no, Dude, come Cleet on, Thomas, now. come on now." So. Uh, Kyle started his college career at Southern Miss. Con- it was a tight end. Con- concluded it at Northern Colorado. That's what it was. And actually uh, looks like he passed for 3,000-plus yards in 2016, which was his last year at Northern Colorado. Yeah, that was his only year playing quarterback in college football was was Northern Colorado 2016. He had 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 62% completions. Mm-hmm. So you can see he's, he's a raw arm talent. And Randy loves him. <laughs> He does. Randy loves him. All right, so that was Randy's stud stable. One guy. For your Minnesota Vikings. Woo! All right, Patrick Royce, what's on your mind today, sir? Oh, lots of things. Lots of things. Uh, insanity from Washington, <laughs> D.C., and or the golf course, wherever it is. and uh, And then, how about this one? I was I've had this in my mind for about a month, so I was going to write a, a piece on the old tradition of Minnesota league bowling, and a, you know, mom and pop going every Monday night bowling. So I went to uh, Elsie's last night. Great for spot. A Wednesday column. Love Elsie's. Great spot. Yeah. Now, Governor, <laughs> what you call it, is probably going to bleep can it today. So now I have to actually do some reporting. It's. Uh, you know, instead of just cranking it out, I got to find out if they if they're going to sh- shut down bowling. Apparently, they don't want pool and darts anymore in bars, so I don't know if bowling's going to make it or not. So that's my issue so today like right across now. the across the board, Pat, or or just at certain times because I I think he's going to put in a curfew I, for what sure. I read was the bars got to close at ten, and yep. they don't want darts 
or pool mm-hmm. anytime. Oh, okay. Did not realize it was going to be. They don't want you sitting at the bar, and they don't want pool or darts. They don't want sports that require standing, you know, or activities that require standing, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. But <laughs> bowling requires standing, okay? You know, so, so I, they don't, I don't, they don't want you doing. congregating around each other, basically. Yes, Is that what they're trying yes, to? Okay. It, uh, now, the bowling outfits, what they've done is they have one, they just have the one team bowl, and the other, you know, usually it was 10 guys or gals sitting around together at the same two lanes. Now they have them separated by lanes, and the teams are bowling by the, within themselves. But, you know, they're, they're still often within six feet of each other, if that's what the paranoia is going to be. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's the... Uh, it, it appears that he's targeting what the eighteen to thirty-five year olds. Yeah, that's the that's the, yeah. the the Declan Goff group that's uh, really holding yes. us all back. And by the way, that's not a real issue in bowling. <laughs> we have an yeah. older audience. <laughs> More high risk people. I I, so I'm I'm just on the edge of that. I'm thirty-five, and I can tell you, we we used to love going to Elsie's yeah, for I, Thursday night, twenty-five cent wings and yeah. stuff. It's oh, a yeah. great time. Yeah. Now I and and recreational bowling, I would think is really in trouble i'm you know i i would they're in trouble anyway their numbers are way down but uh i i i would think recreational bowling's probably the taking the kids on a saturday afternoon and having you know all the neighbor kids and everybody bowling for a birthday party i think those are those are over for a while right those were the days though man that was fun Mm -hmm. big day of bowling too much pop my one real serious bowling league was the uh, what they called the the twins had one in the off season, fourteen weeks on Wednesdays at the North Star Lanes and out on Robert Street, and we drank so much they gave us the bowling for free. <laughs> <laughs> so you would pay your fifteen bucks or whatever it was for the week, but it would all go into the party fund, yeah, postseason <laughs> banquet, as they said. One year, Mad Dog Vashon was the was the entertainment at the banquet and singing. You know, he had this rich voice, and I remember him singing a very a very sentimental version of Wagon Wheels. Mad Dog Vashon, because when I was first in it, Marty O'Neill was bowling. That's how long ago it was. Marty was still bowling in the league with cigar, rolling it down there. So uh, that was quite the league, uh, to say the least. All the twins. You know, twins who were in town, Lee Stang, guys like that, pitching coach, they would bowl, and then you know the, and then they would, they would, you would have the meeting afterwards. The meeting would be in the bar, and Angelo Giuliani, the great twin scout, who loved carrier pigeons and pat and pat and uh, racing pigeons, would get up and give us a ten-minute speech on how the pigeons were doing every week, and everybody be throwing stuff at him. And <laughs> That was, uh, I might have been, I might have driven home to Prior Lake a couple of times right on the edge of that, uh, back then I believe it was point one two. So. Well, Pat, that's actually a good segue. The uh, the Twins' chief rival, I would say, going forward in the division, <laughs> yes. the Chicago White Sox. It was already controversial enough to hire a 76-year-old who hasn't managed in 10 years to connect with this up-and-coming, young, brash roster and then it comes out that Tony Larusa got arrested back in February for DUI and got charged finally. Charged, 
the day this, before he got fired. Yes, fired, right. Correct. The day before, is that Gary uh, Reinsdorf old school right there? Anybody doubting that it was all Reinsdorf? Hey, hey, Jerry, he got a DWI. He got charged yesterday. It's his second one. He had another one 10, 12 years ago. And Jerry's, ah, that's okay. Driving drunk's okay. What the hell? You know? But Jer- but but Pat, Reinsdorf specifically said that that, that the um, cheating allegations against Hinch didn't sit right with him. So so he morally he morally could not overcome yes. banging on a trash can. But you get behind the wheel and get a couple Deweys. Well, how about uh, Larusso uh, manning up and hanging up when he called and asked about it? Yeah, I like that too. Right? I got nothing to say. Of bang that happened. Instead so sort of, of like manning a... up. Spent a step, you know, talking to the Chicago Tribune or the Sun Times or both of them, and and acting for for you know ask, asking for forgiveness, admitting he's warm. I don't think he's going to make her. Do you? I don't think he. I don't think he manages the game. I don't, I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. I think they, they have no idea how much he, now. Reinsdorf usually doesn't care, but they were the they were the coming team in Chicago, you know, they were going to have fans back people. If they ever get crowds there, people are kind of disillusioned with the Cubs because they flattened out as much as they have. And they, you know, they'll never be as popular as the Cubs, but they were going to get a lot of the fence sitters. And now, now you do this. And then I I don't think PR wise, it's going to get louder and louder and louder. It's a niche. It's great to initially say, okay, yeah, well, you know, we'll hang with them, but, uh, with Tony not, uh, to, you know what Tony has to be? Sincere. Because Tony says he's okay with Tim Anderson flipping the bat as long as it's sincere. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, the emotions yep. of the game that are displayed by Robert and other, Robert and others are, as long as they're sincere, apparently the Tony's the judge. So far, his... Uh, his contrition for the DWI hasn't been very sincere. I'll I say that. I saw a tweet too, and it makes a lot of sense. It said that that ESPN was almost certainly tipped off by the White Sox themselves because because Jerry is the guy that basically said it's Tony, and the rest of the uh, executive staff said, "Are you crazy?" And so the mm-hmm. the theory is that somebody called Passon and said, "Look at the records." <laughs> and that the leak was from in- inside to get what what we're talking about, Amazing. which is he never manages a game. Well, uh, Rob Hahn, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the idea that we all three of us got together and decided to hire him, Kenny Williams, yeah. Rob Hahn, and uh, Reinsdorf, was yeah, all hogwash. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Kenny. Yeah, Kenny's a little Kenny's a little bitter about how he was treated there anyway. So amazing great story so yeah, so, so pat we uh we went to i know that i know that 538.com is taking a little bit of heat after their election projections uh and the 90 percent for biden but on the sports side they're always very reliable because nate silver comes from a sports background and 538.com now has the vikings finishing seven and nine with a 24 percent chance to make the playoffs your thoughts they will you got it you don't need nate silver the Vikings will be better than seven and nine. They wow. will be eight and eight at a minimum. Write this down. Write it down. Eight, you like writing eight, things eight down. Eight at a minimum. They got Tampa Bay, which we just saw stinking out against the Saints and the Saints. 
even if they lose those two, who else is going to beat them? Don't give me the Bears and Soldier Field. This team <laughs> reeks. The Vikings are going to kick their arses on Monday night. And I'll and tell you, gonna... if if you're right, if the, let's say the Vikings get back to eight and eight, or I think there's a path to nine and seven. Actually, the way they're playing, let's say that happens. Don't and they... use that path word. I'm sick of that path, man. Okay, if there's, a, like they're the turning path. a corner, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> the they're rounding a corner. The path to two seventy replaced abundance of caution on my irritation. Well, so so here's an, here's another cliche for you. All right, if they find their way to a nine and seven <laughs> yeah. record, okay, all right. Then would would they then be the team pad that nobody wants to face in the playoffs? I think any team with a good passer will want to face them. I do yeah. really think. I I still think if the wind's not blowing fifty miles an hour, I think that uh, I think that nobody is going to be upset about facing them. Now, if you don't have a good throw, if, if you don't have a good passing game, you might be you might be in trouble. But uh, you know, I know Dantzler, uh, and not Dantzler, Gladney had a good game Sunday, but uh, and he's probably going to get better. But I still think, uh, I still think that uh, secondary is very suspect, and the pass rush isn't that great. So I, I think they're, uh, I, th- I think I'd still like to face them if I had a good quarter. I think Green Bay will take a rematch with them. You know, that's what I think. Go for football, Pat. Who who would have thought that a children's book? A children's book would lead to the path to victory last week. Yeah, now the the listeners can't see me here, right? Well, the listeners can't, but if we put this out on social media, <laughs> I, they will be I, able I, to. I, it's up possibly. to you. Possibly. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying they're number one now? <laughs> they still have two losses. He's done. I'm done with them. I was getting. I was trying to soften up on him. I was trying to become more adult in my. <laughs> in my view of him and I read that and I I damn near pooped right there as an old man with is an old man with pretty good control of the uh, you know the whole thing but sometimes you can have a little problem <laughs> I almost pooped when I read that I was down here uh, cursing and the wife wondered what the hell I was going on and I, I I'm done it's done. What do you mean? It's it's, it's, it was a motivational tactic. They wiped the, they wiped wait the floor, no pun intended, <laughs> with Illinois. I can't wait till he goes to Michigan. I just let's just get him to Michigan. Our boss <laughs> done. He'll be the he'll be the man. You got to say yes to Michigan, please, dear God. <laughs> get this juvenile guy who gives all these people this crap, and then they write it. Oh! Yeah, crap, crap is what it was. The whole book was about crap. I feel like we need to come up with a, a, a list of other children's books that he could leverage for influence the rest of the season. Good, good night, Moon. You know, it's it's when you're as old as I am and you had children as young as I did. It has been a good fifty-five years since I've read a children's fifty years since I've read a children's book. So I'm not really an expert on. It. <laughs> They never did much for me. I don't even think as a kid they did anything for me. Well, they I certainly they, they certainly didn't soften you. No, they did. <laughs> you might have had a few cocktails that influenced your thoughts on said children's books uh, yeah, back then. But uh, you know, I was green eggs and ham. It, it's I, I I don't get it. I don't understand why people think this is cute. I don't get it. So let's let's. You know, and suppose I'm sure some of the players chuckled, and the others said, "Well, all I got to tell you is the big guy from 
the big guy from uh, the big tackle, the 300-pound tackle. Falala? Falala, Lele? No, no, the one down at the commit. The c- commit. The, they had a commitment from this kid that okay. would now go to Mississippi State. Yep. I say he decommitted because he read that story. <laughs> said, I'm not going to go play for some moron who's going to read me children's books about poop. I'm That's going possible. someplace. Yeah. I'd rather go with Mike Leach, who's certifiably crazy. Hey, you bring up Jim Harbaugh, so I yeah, I mean, unless barring a run and a win, he'd have to pretty much win every game, including Ohio State, to to have a chance, right? What happens to yeah. him? Does he go? Does he go back to the NFL? Does, does he get a head coaching job at either in the NFL or a Power Five conference next year? Oh yeah, somebody will jump on him. Some place like South Carolina, you know, they're going to get rid of that moose must champ down there because they stink, and uh, you know. Well, who knows? Somebody will take a shot at him, but he might he might realize the college game is not for him, too. You know, he's, his recruiting's been fine, but I think he's I think he's uh, got to uh, I don't I don't know if he relates to these guys. He related them at Stanford. But boy, since he had his success in the NFL, I, I don't know. I think he just he has wait. You know, he has so many transfers. It makes you think that he just. You know, they get sick of his abrasive attitude, I guess, or something. Don't yeah, st- I don't know. I think he'll – I don't think anybody will just hire him uh, off the uh, you know, off the street after he gets fired at Michigan as the NFL, though. I think he'll have to wait a while, don't you? Don't sleep on the Jets. The Jets are weird enough to do something oh, goofy. Right. Well, and he'd be an upgrade. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but – I don't think it's that goofy be, to hire him. I right? would be, too. His clashes were less with the players. I mean, there were some player clashes, but it was more like the front office in San Francisco is what yes. – th- that's the relationship that really was a problem. Yeah, and I, and right now he's just being – I mean, I can't believe that this happened to them after what we saw against the Gophers on opening. I mean, that looked like a good football team. Mm-hmm. They looked like they had some great athletes. They did have some defensive problems, you thought, but to have them – get beat by Michigan State, which then goes to Iowa and gets beat by 100 yeah. after getting beat by 100 by Northwestern and now Indiana. I mean, Indiana's better, but Rutgers dang near beat Indiana. It's not like they're a big powerhouse. How do you figure, Pat? Crazy league, huh? It's crazy, crazy league. league. The Big Ten, it's a crazy league, that's for sure. <laughs> Sid would have loved it this year. Yeah. Crazy league, yeah. I can't figure it out. You know what else is a crazy league? What's that? Presidential politics are a crazy league. That's a crazy league, too. <laughs> how, do, how do you figure? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know. Transition's going if, great. I don't know what you're talking about. If uh, if Bill Barr figures out a way to steal this thing, uh, batten down the hatches, ladies and gentlemen. We'll all be staying in the house because... <laughs> There will be no options. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Winnipeg sounding pretty damn good at that point. Well, you and you can't go there. <laughs> no, that's right. They're they smart enough not to let us in, so we don't get the virus. So, uh, yep. Okay, I'll wait a while. Well, that's the problem. Good. <laughs> you... That'll be good. That'll be good for the politics. That uh, when Walls does tonight shut today's shutdown too. That'll. That'll be good for the political divide around here. Yeah, that'll get everyone uh, to be less edgy. Be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's, let's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, and hey, the more you hear about the 90% vaccine too, I mean, it's, it's good to be optimistic, but it's also, you know, 
doing nothing is 80 percent effective against the virus. You know, I mean, eighty percent of the people who get it don't get severe symptoms. So you're not dealing from a from what I was hearing yesterday. It's a, it's kind of a it's a phony stat. Well, basically. and it'll be interesting to see. You know, so it sounds like there might be fifty million doses available in 2020, and then and then they're aiming for like one to one point five billion doses for next year. Um, how they divvy those up to people, and like how long you might have to wait uh, to get one. Super and... seniors, we're at the front of the line. Baby. <laughs> You're going to knock you us all out of the way, Roycey. <laughs> hey, get out of my way. We're have real old people who are, uh, who are uh, really in trouble, and then they're going to have old fat guys, and I'm going to be right in the front of You're that. You're going to be line. great. Matt yeah. going to get be, tossed right out of the line. I'll be months ahead of you guys. Declan, even though he's had it, will he'll never get one. He'll be like. He'll be the he'll be one of the last twenty five. They'll be drawing my blood yeah. for other immunity. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> what they. Yeah, yep. that's right. So, all right, well, Pat, enjoy all enjoy right. the blizzard today, and we'll we'll see you tomorrow. And just many, uh, don't forget, four, everybody four, poops, four, Pat. Uh, four, uh, between four to seven inches, and yes, as Judd said, everybody, everybody poops. poops. That's that's you know what Zim needs to read that to his club now, instead of I lopping the heads off of. Of uh, dolls, he needs to read. Everybody, poops. I think he's reading old judge columns about tank going to you know the and you know the best thing they can do is keep losing. They can. Uh, I think he's reading those. Uh, he went nothing before. kindly of me then. All right, all right. See you, Pat. Okay. Bye. All right, that's wrapping with Royce here on Mackie and Judd every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. The legendary and now the senior, the head columnist of the Twin Cities. Uh, rest in peace, Sid Hartman. So, all right, guys, uh, write that down, predictions tomorrow, an accountability session. And also, I think we have to start keying in maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday. This is a pretty big, pivotal week for our football teams. This is a show us what you're going to do the rest of the calendar year weekend. Gophers in Iowa and and Vikings against the Bears. It's funny, I say the weekend, and neither of the two teams actually even play on the weekend. Friday and Monday. It's a little bookend, four-day weekend of football. So uh, we'll we'll dive into that as the week progresses too, and don't forget to check out our daily Vikings conversations, Purple Daily Podcast. See you guys.